$2,500. That was what it would have cost Phil Knight to go around the world. At least to the places he considered were important on a journey of finding himself. He had around $1,500 stacked away from his days in the army and a bit of summer work here and there. He was a thousand bucks short. He wanted to get that money from his father. Phil Knight, however, was nervous. His father was a publisher of the Oregon Journal. He was a serious man who put respectability above all else. This was part of the reason Phil Knight was hesitant to approach his father. Because Phil had what he called his crazy idea. It had begun during his final year at Stanford. He was presenting a seminar for his class on entrepreneurship. His topic of choice had been shoes. Being a runner himself, it was a good fit, he thought. But what was supposed to be just another assignment turned out to be a passion that would keep him awake in thought. His game plan specifically was to bring in Japanese shoes. German shoes around his time, the 1960s, held tight control over the market. But Phil reasoned that if he could import the right product, he could make the Japanese shoes do the same to the shoe market that Japanese cameras were doing to the camera market. Take over. Japanese shoes could equal the German ones in quality soon enough, he reasoned. They were cheaper than the German ones already. Though he himself called this a crazy idea, Phil believed in it. He finally brought the topic of the trip to his father. One night, he told him of all the places he wanted to visit. Italy, India, Philippines, Hong Kong. He snuck in the small detail that he also wanted to stop by in Japan to see if he could find business for his idea of importing shoes. But lucky for him, Phil's father skipped right over the part of the business idea. He considered travel to be a good addition to his son's education. He gave him his blessing and more importantly, the money. Phil packed only the essentials in a suitcase, jeans, t-shirts, and of course, running shoes. But he also packed something else, a green Brooks Brothers suit, a good one, a very good one. One that he thought would be worthy of a corporate meeting in Japan. One he was determined to have. Hello everyone, welcome to Talking of Giants, a podcast talking about the stories of giants of various fields. And today we have Nike, the stuff of legends, the shoe of greats and the sportswear juggernaut from the United States. Welcome. The flight was gaining speed on the tarmac. The doubt in Phil's mind started gaining pace. His grandmother had warned him against Japan. Why would you go to the Japs? She had asked him. Only a few years ago, they were bombing us. 
Though the Cuban Missile Crisis had also just passed by this point, old wounds took time to heal. And now Phil was leaving the comfort of his house, his family, his room with all the blue ribbons of his track career success, and he was going away to an unknown land. On what began to seem more and more like a stupid idea, the pilot made an announcement in Japanese. This is all a bad idea, Phil thought, as he ate the food that featured Japanese food items alongside American ones. Soon enough, he put his thoughts aside and dozed off. Phil reached Japan at night. He took a small room in a hotel and rested for the night and waited for the next day. After a bit of tourism and some friendly introductory classes about Japanese etiquette, Phil found himself ready. He called and asked for an appointment with Onitsuka, which he received. Onitsuka was a Japanese company that sold a brand of shoe called the Tiger. The shoe, the name and the feel of the shoe attracted Phil towards it. It would be an ideal import to crack the American market, he thought. Things went remarkably well for Phil Knight that day. You see, Onitsuka had been trying on their own to enter the American market. Their efforts by far had been eh, less than fruitful. And here he was, a well-dressed, Stanford-educated American, asking them if they would be interested in doing business with him. This was a golden opportunity for them too, to be doing business with the company of this man from Oregon, USA. The enthusiasm of the company was quite evident. They made Phil Knight sit in the seat of honor. Everyone sat up in their chairs. The senior officer present, adjusting his tie, asked, May we know the name of your company, Mr. Knight? Uh, yeah, Phil Knight did not actually have a company. After a slight awkward silence, Blue Ribbon, he blurted. Blue Ribbon Sports from Portland, Oregon, he added. He was thinking of all the blue ribbons that hung in his room, the ones he won at the track events. Blue ribbons had been something that gave him joy at home and they had been the name that came to his mind. In a joyful twist of events, the company Onitsuka started pitching themselves back to Phil. Would Blue Ribbon be interested in representing us in the United States? They asked. Yes, Blue Ribbon surely would. Everyone was happy. They shook hands. Phil promised to send them a check and they promised to send him shoe samples. After finishing his tour and getting back to Oregon, Phil received his shoes. After taking some money from his father, he would start importing them. He promptly took the shoes to his track coach, Bill Bowerman. Bill Bowerman was a legend even before any of these events. He was a well-renowned coach and an innovator in shoemaking. He would constantly make tweaks to the shoes his athletes wore and keep trying to make them better. He was constantly experimenting with new materials. Phil had taken the shoe to his coach to get his opinion on it. Bill Bowerman, however, had other ideas. How about you cut me in on the business, Phil? He asked his former student. Phil Knight considered this 
for mere moments before he agreed. The next day, they drew up an agreement granting Phil 51% and Bill 49%. A well-traveled Stanford graduate with a dream and a track coach with an obsession for innovation in shoes. This, this, my, my, this was a team made in footwear heaven. However, not all was going to be easy. As the orders had to grow large, Phil Knight's dad declared that the bank of dad was closed. Phil had to find external credit. He even took up a job teaching accounting at Portland State. The orders and the inventory grew in numbers. People loved the tiger shoes. Phil had to hire other shoe enthusiasts to sell these shoes for him at track events, colleges, wherever they could find the crowds. Soon, Phil's inventory outgrew his room, outgrew a bigger room, and then finally it had to be moved to an actual office space. A cheap one, but an office space. Soon, work was so hectic that Phil even had to consider seriously giving up his job at Portland State. But leaving a job now was a tougher decision to make. Because a student he had met at Portland State, Penny Parks, was now Penny Knight, his wife. He was a family man. Yet, with the support of his wife, he decided to take the leap. His wife, Penny Parks, was not the only thing Portland State would give him. On his way out of Portland State, Phil Knight would meet a struggling arts student. Forever the seeker of opportunity, he asked her if she would like to make him brochures and some design work. She really needed the money and she agreed. And she gave him her details. I'm Carolyn Davidson, she introduced herself. Having given up his job, Phil Knight dedicated himself to running Blue Ribbon Sports. Penny Knight also did a lot of work to the company which she had joined as a student, Blue Ribbon Sports. Then came the shock, a shock that pivoted this story so very hard. Onitsuka, the Japanese company from which Phil imported the shoes, according to his own version of the story, pushed for a hostile takeover. Sell 51% of your company to us, or else, they told Phil. Onitsuka's products were the only products that Blue Ribbon sold. Bill Bowman had given many inputs to the design and made Blue Ribbon shoes well-suited for the American market. And Blue Ribbon shoes were technically Onitsuka's. Blue Ribbon was merely the importer. This seeming betrayal came as a shock to Phil Knight. In secret, Phil started looking for alternatives. It was a do or die situation. Though his sales were in the hundreds of thousands, the company did not have any equity. All the proceeds after salaries were reinvested. Even if Onitsuka were to stop a few shipments, Blue Ribbon would go broke. After a long search and a failure with a company in Mexico, Phil headed back to Japan. But this time, he wasn't going to Onitsuka. He went to a company called Nippon Rubber. Phil showed Nippon Rubber a model shoe 
and asked if it could be me. Their reaction did not leave Phil very convinced of their capability. They broke for lunch. When they came back, Phil found a new pair of shoes on the table, looking the exact same as the ones he had given them. They had already made a fresh pair from scratch to show him. Philip Knight had found his match to counter Onitsuka, Nippon Rubber. What name do you want us to put on this? The officials at Nippon Rubber asked. Uh, Phil said, I will write back to you. Going to Japan with no company name in mind seems to be a tradition with Phil Knight. Back home, there was intense debate. What do we call this new company that we are building in the shadows unbeknownst to Onitsuka? Dimension 6, Philip Knight suggested. Everybody hated the name. So they looked at alternatives. A lot of animal names were thrown around representing speed or strength or whatever the heck else. One more animal name and Phil would have thrown someone out the window. We are running out of time, people complained. What about Dimension 6? Philip Knight asked again. They must have all cried. We hate it, Phil. Finally, one of the executives came to Phil at the last moment. Nike, he said. The Greek goddess of victory, Phil. Nike. Phil Knight must have thought of the time when he heard this name on a strip in Greece when he stood near the Parthenon. But more importantly, Phil Knight was out of time. Fine, do it, he said. Maybe the name will grow on us. And boy, he had no idea. At around the same time, the art student was working on designing a logo for the budding new enterprise. Something that evokes motion, Phil had told Carolyn Davidson. She came back with a design that looked like a check mark, like a tick. Phil agreed that it was something they could work with. Carolyn went, worked some more on it and came back with multiple variations of that mark. Everyone unanimously agreed on one particular one. It just caught their eye. There was something about it. They were short on time with this too. So they had to go with it. The name Nike, the mark that they would go on to call the swoosh and orange boxes. Orange boxes. At the time, shoes came in white boxes or they came in blue boxes. Phil Knight wanted his shoes to stand apart, breaking from tradition and risking looking absolutely absurd. He asked the company to ship his shoes in orange boxes and oh, fluorescent orange boxes. Nike, swoosh, orange boxes. Each one would go on to become a lesson in corporate branding history. The day of the National Sporting Goods Association show arrived. It happened in Chicago. It was a day when new models of shoes would be shown to salesmen from all over the country. 
A win at this place meant a secure future for Nike, a fighting chance. In the search for a great soul for the shoe, Bill Bowman had also innovated on it. He had taken his wife's waffle iron out to the garage and poured urethane into it. This was the kind of innovator that Bill Bowman was. He was willing to experiment with everything and anything. Well, I mean, the first time he ruined his wife's waffle iron because he poured urethane into it without a material to get it out, he was not one to give up. He went back, bought another waffle iron and got the kind of mold he wanted. Then he made a stronger mold till he got one that could be used to make shoes. After multiple tweaks and tries, the proper mold with the waffle pattern at the base was sent to Nippon Rubber. Nippon Rubber had made this product and shipped it to the show. On the day of the National Sporting Goods Association show, however, Phil Knight and Nike were in for a surprise. Not a good one. Their shoes were of inferior quality. The shoes that Nippon Rubber made were of lower quality than the shoe he was shown in Japan. Not only was the make bad, the swoosh mark and the other designs were not exactly in place. Now stacks of orange boxes sat at their booth as crowds of salesmen were looming upon them slowly. This was bad. This was their only fighting chance against Onitsuka for survival. Phil Knight might have had a panic attack, but he told himself, my men are already panicking, so I'll have to give it a pass this time. Phil Knight looked at his men. He told them, listen, fellas, this is the worst the shoes are going to be. If we sell these, if we can sell these, we will be well on our way. With a resigned look, his employees agreed. What the heck is a Nike? One of the salespeople asked when he approached the counter. The Greek goddess of victory, Phil Knight answered. What is this mark? It's a swoosh, Phil said. The heck is a swoosh? It's the sound, Phil answered wittily. It's the sound of someone going past you. The salesmen were impressed. Nike and the orange boxes would live to see another day. This is the story of how Nike came to be. This, however, is not the end. Many battles like litigation with Onitsuka and finding the right brand ambassadors had to be won by Nike before it became the Nike we all adore. A testimony as to why the company stood the test of time and grew happened on this very day, the day of the show. On that day, one of Phil Knight's associates went up to a top account holding salesman and asked him, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. We came up with this new thing called Nike. It is untested. The shoes aren't even all that great. Then why did you take this chance and give us this shot? The answer of that man has stayed with me. The salesman looked at the associate and said, you guys tell the truth. We have been doing business with Blue Ribbon for years. 
everyone bullshits but you guys shoot straight so when you guys say this new shoe this nike is worth a shot we believe you talking of giants is a student wiki podcast hosted by vikyat mutyala soundtrack has been composed by birdy ashley you can contact me vikyat mutyala at studentwiki5 at gmail.com that is studentvikky5 at gmail.com hope you enjoyed the show